0: You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio with another amazing interview. And this time, we are going to be talking with Hank Ebling. I'm going to tell you more about him in just a moment, but this is the real deal. Not only is he a customer service expert, he's an entrepreneur. As I said, more about that in a moment. Uh, Before we get into the show, though, a couple of quick announcements. And if you've listened to the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story or you have a question you'd like to ask, you can go to any of the social media channels. I'm everywhere. If it's a question, use the hashtag Ask chef. I'll either answer it there in the social media channel on this show or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV. And now, you can just go to beamazing.tv. We've put the episodes on YouTube and you can just watch on beamazing.tv. All right, let's get into our interview today. So, let me tell you about Hank. He is a small business entrepreneur. And, you know, we have so many guests on here that work with uh, customer service uh, companies, BPOs. Um, we have guests who are executives in major companies. We are going to the small and medium-sized business. Not that the big companies can't learn from these ideas because they can, but let's really have some fun and talk to an entrepreneur that's taken his business, which is H4 Training Gyms in the Chicago area. And I found out good news is I'm a Cardinals fan. He is not a Cubs fan. He's a White Sox fan, which means we can kind of hang out a little bit together until the world series perhaps, but then it gets exciting. Anyway, uh, he, (laughs) he's in the trenches working a business. He also has written a book, Crushing the Competition with Service. And you can get that book on Amazon. And again, his name is Hank Ebling, E-B-E-L-I-N-G. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio.
1: Shep, thanks for having me on. I am honored to be here. You have one of the best podcasts out there.
0: And I understand you have a podcast as well too.
1: I do uh, It's called Success Trails podcast uh, and it focuses on fellow small business owners and kind of what they're doing with their businesses uh, in terms of their success and story.
0: Well we want to hear how you take a business that's extremely competitive and by the way working out personal uh, you know coaches in the workout you know and having a gym, very competitive. Why this gym over that gym? Why this coach? Although maybe you've got something that they don't have. Maybe you've got a process. Maybe you've got a reputation. But in general, you know that as good as you are, if you don't deliver the goods in the way the customer likes, what happens?
1: Well, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, no matter what business you're in, I just happen to be in the fitness space. Everything is extremely competitive right now. And what's happening is many businesses are becoming a commodity uh, and we're seeing more and more competition, especially in our space. And really the only way to stand out is by delivering that outstanding service and the experience, because, you know, people can steal and model your service, your product uh, for the most part, but what they can't take away is your level of service and your relationship. So if you could just focus on that, no matter what the business is, You will always win in the end.
0: Yeah. The goal is to create that connection, build that relationship. And uh, like you said, you can be trapped in a commodity or you can break away with some like and you use everybody has customer service. The question is, is that level at the same level and is the relationship there on top of it? All right. Let's talk about focusing on the right people for your business, because that's one of the things you talk about. And, you know, how do you get them to carry out that service vision?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you look at most businesses, I think this is where they fail. Uh, Being a small business owner myself, working with other fellow business owners, it tends to always be the issue of, you know what? Well, I can deliver great service, but as I grow and expand, how do I get my team to deliver that level of service? And the answer is you have to not hire, but select the right people, as they say, with the Ritz-Carlton. And when you're going about that, it's not just about, and you know, many people might have heard this, but you got to look to hire the skills, or I'm sorry, the traits, not the skills, right? Which, hey, what happens? We get busy, things get hectic in our business, and we just grab, we reach, we grab out of just, hey, I got to get somebody. So let me just grab somebody. And we neglect the most important part of it, which is they have to fit your culture, right? Mm-hmm. Zappos, yep. probably on the Mount Rushmore of customer service businesses, uh, you know, Ripe, Tony Shea. Um, but you have to make sure these people you're bringing in are a culture fit first and foremost, and that's what I would tell any business owner is that should be your focus from the get-go.
0: Yeah. Now, it's interesting you say you hire the traits, but in your business, if you're going to hire other trainers, you have to hire people who have been properly licensed or accredited, so there is a skill. So you are hiring, to some level, a skill, but you have to look at the personality and the traits that go behind it.
1: Yeah, of course, and I mean, you know, they have to have some level of of skill, and of course, you're going to have your industries, you know, the medical field, uh, attorneys that you got to have these certain skills. But at the end of the day, for most businesses, you can coach them up on a lot of the technical things, but I can't coach you to be a good person, Shep. I can't coach you to care about people, to have empathy. Those are things that you either have or you don't. So that's why it's more important to look for those key traits first and foremost.
0: Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm going to just read what I have here. Why selecting the right people for your team makes all the difference. We've just discussed that. But after the leader of the business, this is the second most important part of delivering outstanding customer service and an outstanding experience. And I believe what you mean by that is that first it starts with leadership. Leadership claims the vision. They create the vision. And then you go out and you try to find people that will live that vision with you. Um, and if they need to have a specific skill set, you hire that. I had a client um, and they were a medical system. I, I think I've talked about this on the show, but essentially they needed nurses. And there was not so much a nursing shortage, but a good nursing shortage. And their version of good was the right personality to fit with the culture of what they were trying to achieve, which is a lot of, of you know, love and compassion for the not just the patient but the family of the patient as well. And they basically shut down a portion of their hospital because they couldn't hire enough of the right personality. And that's really putting your money where your mouth is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, another kind of example too with Publix, the popular supermarket chain in Florida, they'll straight out um, you know, put out to prospective employees, "Hey, this is our culture." We want you to look at it and see if you think you're a fit before we even talk to you because that's how it's important uh, to them. And so as your business is growing, you cannot sacrifice culture just for the fact that you need bodies in the door.
0: Right. You just said something really important. Use Publix as an example. And you mentioned that they try to let the prospective employee, the applicant know before they even apply and have an interview this is our culture. Is this you or not you? And by the way, you can say it. And I just know this in general with good businesses, you can say, yeah, I can buy into that. But real quickly, we find out whether you really are or you aren't. Any comment about that?
1: Well, and and that's true. And a lot of times you have to ask the right questions and look for the right things in the interview, right? Um, And I think a lot of, businesses and business owners, when they're going through looking for that next person, they tend to not put that initial focus in the interview at at the beginning, um, at any point in the interview on culture. And that's where things kind of start to fall apart. And that prospective employee, um, doesn't feel like it's an important thing to the business owner. So why should it be important to them?
0: Right. All right. So best or favorite interview question to get people to know if people are going to buy into the culture?
1: You know what? I wouldn't say it's a question, but I think one of the best things to do is actually to have somebody come in early, extra early before you or whoever is going to be doing the interview uh, and just let them walk around, talk to, if you have a front desk person, talk to other employees. And it almost acts as a Question without being questioned, because you can see how do they interact with them? What do your employees say? Hey, who's this jerk that just walked in here? Um, or you can tell a lot about somebody just about how they interact with the other people within your business and organization. So I know it's not a question. No, no, but I it's, think a, it's, great it's yeah. a great takeaway. It's a
0: great takeaway. Everybody listen to this. So in my book, The Amazement Revolution, one of the seven strategies was hiring right and while I am not a hiring expert, one of the things is I was looking at different companies and what they did, High V, which is a grocery store chain, regionals chain, I guess, primarily in the Midwest. Uh, one of the things I asked our applicants to do is show up 15, 20 minutes early, walk the store, but they add another wrinkle to this whole uh, situation. They is, and, and by the way, not only do they wanna see how they interact, which you'll find out after the interview, but they also say, what did you learn in that 15 or 20 minutes? Or what suggestions might you have for us now that we're hanging out? Close the door. You were out there. What do you think? I think that adds to it.
1: Yeah, and I know uh, going back to Zappos too. When when they have an applicant come in, they pick them up from the airport, and they actually see how that applicant engages with the shuttle driver. So they want to see how you even interacting with that level of person within our organization. Let alone you know the higher level people within our business so just something to think about as you're yep. hiring is what's the interaction like
0: yeah all right now Zappo said oh you gave away one of our secrets no, i think <laughs> it's pretty public hey let's take a quick break before we do that i want to remind everybody we're talking with hank ebling and that's e-b-e-l-i-n-g because i want you to know how to spell it when you go to amazon and you check out the book crushing the competition with service you're listening to amazing business radio we'll be right back Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. The book ships out in September, but purchase it today and you'll get instant access to the ebook at no extra charge. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.illbebackbook.com. Again, that's www.illbebackbook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Hank Ebling, the author of Crushing the Competition with Service and the founder of H4 Training Gyms in Chicago. And he's talking about, you know, how you get your employees to buy into the culture. Uh, One of the things that I know that's really important to you and it should be important to every single business is the onboarding process really important. You've got to get people, not just hiring the right people, but once they come in, you got to set the tone. You've got to do it right. Any thoughts? Share your ideas on this.
1: And again, we touch back to, uh, this is the opportunity that you have here is the onboard to really, really bring your culture to life with this new employee. And so many business owners, this is where they fail um, because they don't put an importance to the onboarding what does your average person do as a business owner, as a leader? As they go, you know what? Hey, here's Jim. Jim's been here for a while. He'll show you around. And you know what? Jim tells you, Oh, this place, this and that, you know, he kind of shows you the ropes. Maybe doesn't give you all the information. He'll just tell you what he knows, what he thinks. uh, And that is your onboard. Or they might say, here you go, Shep. Here's our, here's our binder. Go for it. Day one. Enjoy. It's just, there's no systematic approach to it. And when you have a new employee, this is probably when they're the most impressionable is those first couple of days. They're like a sponge. They can soak up all this fresh stuff, these ideas that you have. So that's why it's important to spend the first few days, not anything about the technical side of the job, but just about culture, the service points that are important to you in your business, the background and history of your business everything except for the technical side of things. There's a time and place for that, but they're a sponge. Bring them into that culture and let them know, oh, wow. Okay. When they're talked about in the interview, they meant it. This is important to them. And I understand my role in it. That's the key. You need to help them understand what their role is going to be within your business in terms of providing that service.
0: Yeah, we try, one of the things that, I believe is really important in any business's response time. How quick does anybody respond to a customer's need, question, complaint, issue? Uh, they need help, and you know, uh, you know. Uh, I, I always say we want to be Jimmy John fast. Jimmy John's, you know, Jimmy John, freaky yeah, fast. Course. We want to be freaky fast. Now, w- the way we came about this is that one of our well, every so every week we have a meeting, uh, at least one meeting. It's our early first part of the week team meeting where I'm in town, which has been a lot lately. (laughs) Normally I'm traveling at least a few days a week. The first day I'm in town and we all start the meeting with a really fun activity, which is what's your moment of magic. And everybody gets to share what did they do for a customer or even an internal customer. We call it, you know, that moment of magic. And there was this one gal, she kept saying, oh, I returned a call quickly. And Everybody was impressed that I called them back quickly. I emailed them back quickly. And we said, oh, well, we should all be doing that. I mean, it's common sense, but we need to put some, some numbers to it. So what is, you know, our lowest minimum standard of response time? And we ideally will always respond to people the same business day, but wouldn't it be nice if we did it in under an hour and a freaky fast goal would be under 20 minutes And if we can do that, people are going to say, wow, that was quick. I win business just because of that. But we try to create that sense of urgency. Everybody comes in. uh, We want closure as quickly as possible on any requests or any thoughts that our customers have. And by the way, that includes internal customers, especially me. When I ask for something, uh, I don't want to three days later wonder if it got Finished or not or done, I want to know it was done. And that's what our customers want as well. So you've got to create that in the front end. And I, and I, and I really like that. Uh, uh, is there any way, any technique that you have for the onboarding process that we would want to know about something you might do differently?
1: Well, I think as the leader, now it could be different if you have a larger business, so it could be harder. But I think as the leader, you really need to participate in it. Uh, You can't just pass that off now. Yes. If you have a larger business, you might have to, to a trusted manager. But I think even if you can just be a part of the first hour, two hours day, um, it really sets the tone to that new employee that, okay, this is serious. The boss man, boss woman is here. Um, So I would say for you to dive in number one um, and actually to touch on what you talked about, share stories about your team. Yeah. magical moments that they have done and really set the stage for, Hey, here's some things that we do here. Kind of the expectation is I envision you doing things similar, but I say as the leader, you have to dive in there, even if it's for just a teeny amount of time, dive in.
0: Yeah. uh, Working with some pretty large companies when they're bringing in and, and the way some of these companies will onboard and bring in people, they put them through group training. And I've heard many executives say, hey, I've got to run. I've got to go down there. They they had another uh, onboarding and I need to close out the day. And um, I ask them, you're closing out the day? And they go, oh yeah, I, today I'm closing out. Tomorrow I'm opening for them. You know, So like they shift the responsibilities. But what happens is all of these new people get to hear from all of the people that they think I will never ever come in contact with. So I think that's a pretty cool way of doing it. Um, I know you talked you touched on Zappos and uh, we and Zappos to me is such a crazy good example of what services It's almost overused but I got news for you almost every book that I've written I include a Zappos example. How can you not And by the way when you talk about great companies from A to Z it's hard to find a company that starts with a Z so Zappos also gets the default but what else can we borrow from Zappos?
1: Well you know you look at their hiring, you know, I, we talked already about the, you know, the driver, right? That, that picks people the up. The shuttle driver, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, at the end of the day, what they look for, they'll pass up one of the most intelligent, qualified candidates because they don't fit their culture. And as much as we've kind of beat that over the head, I just think that's a great way to look at your hiring process. A chef might fit everything we want, but he just doesn't fit the culture. I'm going to have to pass. It's that simple. Uh, and they do it. So why why shouldn't you why, why right. shouldn't you make the pass?
0: And the way if you, all you need to do is buy the book uh, Delivering Happiness by the late and great Tony Shea, and you will see his ten core competencies that he expects to have uh, that every employee has. And I'm going to bring this up next because we're going to talk about service aptitude, but in a way that's kind of like a service aptitude. Do you do you understand these these ten core concepts? These ten core values. And by the way, he said. You can have nine of them. If you don't have the 10th one, you're probably going to get out, you know, but let's talk about service aptitude now.
1: Yeah. So service aptitude, right. It's a person's ability to recognize and exceed expectations uh, in a circumstance. And it usually comes from three spots. It comes from, you know, their life experiences, which let's face it. Many of our employees um, are not at the same level from a demographic, sometimes an economic status um as our customers so odds are they haven't experienced high level service it comes from their previous work experience which we know most companies don't do a great job of educating their team on service so they're not getting it from there and the third spot they're going to get it from is their current business uh current job experience and that's where you come in as the business owner and the leader you have control of that so This is why it's so important to teach them about your service points, you know, your culture that's based around service, because they probably haven't developed it in, you know, their previous work experience and their life experiences.
0: Or if they have great, but now you got to teach them to do it your way, which is incredible. You know, you can hire the greatest hospitality focused people in the world to work at your restaurant but you still have, you, and, and and that's great. They understand the aptitude. There's still a skill they need to learn, and that is if they're going to be a server, they need to know which way to pick up the dish properly, and you know which side to approach the guest. That's the technical side, and I always believe you can teach the technical side, which we talked about. Uh, granted, if they need to be certified or accredited or or licensed, as they might in your industry, the gym, it still as good. We are basically out of time. This flies by. So I always ask the one thing question. And what is that one last idea, nugget, piece of information that you want to share with us? Um, go for it. Give us the good one.
1: Yeah. You know what? I would say it's simple, but it's so important. And it's on the wall in our gym, which is you got to care more about your customers than your competition. End of story. That's what it's about. And it seems so simple. But if you and your team at the end of the day can remember, I need to outcare the competition, you will always win. And sim- simplicity is, you know, the best thing for you and your business. So just think, I need to outcare my competition and your business will grow.
0: Yeah. Just ask yourself, what are we doing that they're not doing? And we should be really proud of that. By the way, if we're not doing anything different than they are, Figure it out, because otherwise they're going to come by and eat your lunch. Hank, thanks for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Really appreciate it, sir. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, Chef.
0: All right. And Hank's book, again, it's Hank Ebling, and the book is titled Crushing the Competition with Service. And what a great nugget to simply say, just out-service the competition, because you probably have a decent product. That matches up with what they do. But if you can add that level of service, that's going to be the differentiation marker. That's going to what's, uh, that's what's going to take you out of the commodity trap. All right, that wraps it up another week of Amazing Business Radio, another amazing interview. Thank you again, Hank. We will be back next week with another great episode and another great guest. Until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.